True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. The Truth About Life Reviews A beautifully striking woman in her early 20s, who professionally modeled, was walking from a bar on a Sunday afternoon to get in her car when she noticed something funny in the parking lot. Gabriella, not her real name, saw a guy quickly mount his motorcycle and speed off. Something didn't quite feel right about the dude, but he'd already left. A few minutes later, Gabriella was driving down the road when she noticed a large cloud of smoke and dust ahead and began slowing her vehicle down. Gabriella looked off to the right of the curb that she was driving on and saw a motorcycle that had missed the curb and crashed. Dust and debris were everywhere, indicating that an accident had just happened. Gabriella felt intuitively guided to stop her car on the side of the road to see if she could offer some help. She ran into the dark cloud of smoke and dust, finding the totaled motorcycle, wheels still turning, but no rider. It was hard to see, and Gabriella was looking everywhere, but she couldn't find the driver. After searching for a few minutes, she heard a noise. It sounded like maybe it was a groan. But where did it come from? The dust was beginning to settle just a little bit when she saw something off in the distance, maybe a hundred feet or more. Gabriella's long, thin arms sprinted athletically towards the guy lying on his back with no helmet. Gabriella arrived recognizing the man as the same one that she'd seen back in the bar's dirt parking lot. He was tall and a big man, dressed in black biker's leathers now covered in dirt and blood. As a professional model, Gabriella had no training in first aid or in being a first responder. She didn't know what to do. Sitting completely in the dirt, Gabriella lightly touched the man's face. Surprisingly, he opened his eyes, and the thick Fu Manchu mustache started to move up and down as the man tried to speak, but he couldn't. Compassionately moved, Gabriella used both her hands to console and comfort the man who was clearly dying. She stroked his head like a mother would comfort a child, touching the man with such love and with the gentleness of an angel. Gabriella, a family friend and also a client, confided in me during a session her true story just days after it took place. She still felt conflicted, not knowing how to help other than pulling the man's head into her lap as she stroked his face. She cried, and I did too. The emotion of the event was as fresh as just picking a flower. Gabriella then asked me, what happens to people when they die? I want to share with you what I shared with her. But before I do, I want to introduce you to another friend and client of mine. Her real name is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. You've probably heard of her. She's famous for her work as a pioneer in near-death studies. She's lectured at Harvard, seminaries, medical schools, and hospitals all of her life. Elizabeth was also inducted into the American National Women's Hall of Fame. 
However, she's most known in psychology for her book on death and dying, and her five stages of grief are still widely known as the Kubler-Ross model. In short, I was introduced to Elizabeth to facilitate her in her last couple of months before she passed. I was being called upon, as I'm often called upon today, to be a bridge to the other side and to offer spiritual insight. Elizabeth was a very strong woman, but was bedridden almost all of the time. Initially, I tried to greet her with a very gentle hug, only to be strongly rebuffed that this wasn't allowed. I found out later it was because Elizabeth's body was in so much pain that any kind of touch set her nerves off like a forest fire. So instead of hugging, Elizabeth and I greeted in a way that is unlike I've ever encountered with anyone else. We touched our index fingers ever so slowly, like in the old movie E.T. We'd hold them together in an intimate moment of bonding. This is how Elizabeth would allow others to intimately connect with her. I formally channeled for Elizabeth, and she growled at the words, but not at the energy, as if that the love that I was channeling was too much to take in. I recognized her resistance, and also her strength, but I wasn't backing off the truth of what was being shared by her guides in preparation of her own passing. I thought it was serendipitous that I was the only one in my freshman 101 psychology class that objected to the five stages of grief written by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I wasn't trying to be non-conforming, but I remember specifically asking why the five stages omitted anything spiritual. My psychology professor seemed surprised by my comment and paused uncomfortably and asked the class if anyone else had a comment. There was a long, awkward silence. And then he went right back to talking in the same they lecture, you listen style of teaching. Frustrated, I closed my mouth and sat there like the rest of the lot. While death and dying is a huge topic, I want to narrow the scope to what happens during a life review. That is, what takes place after you die. Honestly, there's still so much to say within this subsegment that I'm going to be very brief with a couple of fundamental points. But before we get started on the truth about life reviews, let's point out that death isn't what you think it is. Death is a change in state, which is the opposite side of life in the state of duality. Now let's get into it. We're going to focus on what does and doesn't happen in a life review. First, let's clear away some of the myths so we can get to the truth. One of the first myths we want to address when you die is that you don't go to a place of judgment. Judgment as a word and a concept is limited to only those who want to employ it here on earth. I will address judgment as a whole topic in an upcoming podcast. But for now, from sources' perspective, please appreciate that there is no judgment. There's explicitly no judge that sits you down and hammers on you for things that you've done or experienced. And knowing this, there is neither a heaven nor a hell. Ultimately, the concept of Hades was used as means to scare people into the pews. So already, we've discovered that there is no judgment and no heaven or hell. If you can see it, these are just continuations of duality that are so commonly seen as a theme here on earth. Another myth of dying is that there is karma. Karma, by its most commonly accepted definition, means that there are ethical consequences for your actions in this life. In essence, if you've done something bad, you'll relive the consequence by incarnating on the flip side of whatever deeds you did or offered. Karma 
like judgment, are whole topics within themselves. But to keep it simple, whatever you've done in this life, there's not a penalty in terms of judgment or karmic debt, like a child being held back and not passing 8th grade. These thoughts are simply not true. When you really study what does happen in a life review, you can appreciate how these concepts are kind of close to the truth, but they miss the mark in a major way as they're commonly shared. This is the truth about life reviews. The man who died in the motorcycle accident was in transition. When my friend, and one could truly call her an angel, Gabriella found him, he was still in his body. Specifically, his soul was still in his body. Within minutes of Gabriella holding and embracing him, he did leave. This is significant because, as I shared with Gabriella many years ago, the portals of birth and death are equally significant. The people that you choose to be there to greet you physically when you're born or die is as cool as the people you invite there spiritually. The moment that your soul leaves your body, you do have a lot of help assisting you with the transition from one state to the other. While our kids were born at home, the midwife and I assisted in being present to greet them into this world. Naturally, using a doctor versus a midwife are personal preferences for delivering babies, but the people and the energy that come to the original birth party is actually worked out on a very divine level. This is true for the parents that you choose, the way that you were born, and the time of day of your birth, and a whole lot more. Oh boy, let me get back on track to talking about the truth about life reviews. All of these same things are true when you die. Gabriella being there was divine on so many levels, many of which I don't have time to express here. What I mean is it was perfect and so beautiful for both Gabriella and the dying man. It was a communion of souls by Gabriella and the dying biker, even though they'd never physically met or talked. Her being there at the exact moment of his passing and knowing exactly what to do is quite humbling when you recognize the spiritual significance and honor of the invitation. What happens next when the soul leaves the body is the beginning of the life review. While time isn't real, if you were to categorize it in a linear fashion, this is when the clock would begin. In a death by accident, the soul is often confused to suddenly be out of body. Those who have overdosed from drugs often find it puzzling not to be able to wake up in their body. Regardless of the kind of death, everyone is greeted with a welcoming committee. Sometimes these are large family reunion type bashes, but they can be as simple as a select few helping with the transition. Now let's really get to the truth of what happens at a life review. Yes, you do start immediately reviewing your life. While this action happens at light speed, I'm actually going to slow it way down so you can get a feel for the process. The first thought that you have when you're dead is seeing, feeling, tasting, and hearing whatever you are thinking about. There's one huge major difference from processing a spiritual memory in a life review versus just having a thought of the past while on earth, and that is you are processing outside of yourself. For example, when I die, I will remember this exact moment as I'm creating it. Perfectly, in fact. However, in a life review, I'm now given the additional opportunity to see, feel, and hear it as each one of you is doing right now. This means I actually get to review every perception of me through your eyes and feelings as if I was within your body. Whatever you're processing, I get to review it all. And I mean all. There's no conversation. I will have perfect understanding of you participating with me 
whether we know one another or not. If I've been rude, condescending, arrogant, as perceived by you, I get to feel the entirety of that. If you aren't listening, but rather thinking of this or that or doing something else, I get to be fully aware of this too. This process is lightning quick and as thorough as if I lived within your body. In a life review, I can even start receiving all the information you've been processing for whatever time before our paths cross. This would mean I could rewind the timeline of your life back, say, 30 minutes to see, feel, and touch whatever you were doing before you started listening to this podcast. If I wanted to go back further, I can rewind as far back as I'd like, tuning into you and all of your background from birth until this present moment. Because time isn't real, I can also go forward. I can fast forward a minute or two after you stop listening to what I'm sharing with you now, all the way until your death. I can see how this connection, our connection, impacts your life going all the way into the end. In a life review, I get perfect clarity of every interaction I've ever had with anyone and everything. At this point, you can see how earthly thoughts of judgments could surface. For example, when I die, I will feel and perceive how I've been rude, harsh, angry, nasty, and a whole lot more as experienced or perceived by you. I get to experience it exactly as you are doing so right now. Again, all of it. This is true for me being rude as it is for me being nice, loving, or offering you something extraordinary. Life reviews are much bigger than just your life. They incorporate the impact of your life on everyone and everything right down to the smallest detail. Instead of your life being judged, your life review is the purest of knowledge, way outside any one perspective. The more that you think about it, it's really cool. I could have spoken at a retreat and enlightened everyone who attended, with the exception of one or maybe two, who felt left out. This could have been because of something that I did, and it might have nothing to do with me at all. This is an important part of the life review process. As much of the time on earth, we're taking on thoughts and responsibility for other people's actions that we shouldn't. Well, this is only true for those of us who are wonderfully good-hearted. Those who aren't deny their accountability for such actions, but during a life review, it is where they offered the unvarnished truth to absolutely all of their actions. You can also see why someone who led a certain kind of life or lifestyle might want to return or reincarnate on earth, doing things differently than they did previously. This is all free will choice. And anyone who wants to reincarnate to further develop can, as they choose. But it's not because of some debt, karmic or otherwise. And there's a reason, because this would be conditional. In your life review, there is nothing but unconditional love. The only challenges that you'll find there are the ones that you brought with you, or that you've lived and haven't completed. In a life review, you have the opportunity to fully experience everything that you've done in a space that is so loving, it's hard to describe. I get it why someone might create a word or a name for bliss, like heaven, but there is no underworld in Hades any more than there's an upper world in the clouds. Dualistic thinking is of the earth plane exclusively. There's much more to share about Source and all that there is. But for today, I wanted to share with you the truth about life reviews.
In summary, I can't wait to die. Not that I'm currently in a hurry, but when it's time to return home, it is filled with such beauty you'll truly wonder why you ever left. I hope you can now understand that life reviews are really complete experiences filled with the truest aspects of love. Perhaps, again in the future, I'll describe the spiritual beings that gather and facilitate in the life review process. That's actually quite interesting. Until we meet again, let it be known that you are deeply loved and supported. In every minute, whether you consciously know it or not, you're never alone. Clearly, if there's anything that I've hoped to convey today, it is this fact. And, as you've likely already deducted, you don't have to wait until the end to process how you connect and interact with others. For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review, or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection, and it's a tremendous help to others, too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.